Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Goes towards the goal from his stomach there. The shot by Sammy Walker, and it's stopped by Eric Portillo. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! We are here with episode 64 of Two Goalies, One Mike, and we are pleased to be joined by third-round pick for the Buffalo Sabres in 2019, going 67th overall, a 2020 World Junior bronze medalist with Sweden, and a first-team All-Star and USHL Goaltender of the Year for the Dubuque Fighting Saints, posting a league-best 2.11 goals against average. We are joined and pleased to have on Eric Portillo. Uh, Eric, thanks for being here, bud. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you on, Eric. Uh, ever since Buffalo took you in the third round, I've uh, I've been really high on you. Um, you know, I mean, not to not to pump your tires here, but a lot of people, you know, you know, don't really. I don't want to say don't really know who you are, but you know, I think the focus has been a lot on Ukapeka Lukin in here in Buffalo. But I, whenever, whenever people talk about the future franchise goalie of the Sabres, I, again, I'm not trying to pump your tires. Yeah, no pressure always, either, eh? No pressure, but, buddy, <laughs> I, I, I have a lot of I, – I trust me. I mean, I'm very confident that 10 years – 10, 15 years from now, I'll be able to take that Wad jersey down in the background here and maybe put up an Eric Portillo. That's how I feel – that's how confident and how I feel about you as a goaltender and your future with this organization. We're, we're happy to have you. Buffalo's got a rich tradition yep. of hockey here. You still with us, Eric? Yeah, sorry it's cutting out a little bit, but yeah. Well, we'll battle through it. We're dealing with some connectivity issues here. Um, but no, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have you on here. Um, you know, a native of Gothenburg, Sweden. I hope I said that right. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about, you know, growing up. Um, you know, when did you when did you get into hockey and how quickly did you decide to become a goalie? I mean, uh, I think... I started as a player uh, when I was about six, and it was me and my brother. We played together, so I mean, someone had to be a goalie, and I—I uh, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the position. I think, I mean, pads and and the equipment was obviously like really cool, but I think uh, the biggest thing for me was just uh, just the position in general that. Like the puck has to go past you to affect my team's play. 
Um, and for me, it was the same thing, that ability as a goaltender to have that uh, that chance or, or that ability every night to affect the game. And obviously, we, we can never win 0-0, but, you know, if, if we do our job perfectly, we're going to give our team a chance to win. And that's, I mean, it's awesome to, to hear you say that, that, that goalie, that competitor mindset. Um, you know, I know we're going to get into to Michigan here, your season in Michigan a little bit later, but, um, you know, you, you, you were able to play in, and for Linda, um, it looks like coming up through, through the, you know, U14, U16, U18, you know, which has a rich history there of being a very successful, um, organization and a lot of big names have came up, came out of there. Um, your, your ability to, to jump over, into the, the best junior league in the country, in the USHL, um, and, and in your first year, um, have a lot of success, posting 19-5-1 record. Uh, your numbers are great. 2.11 goals against, the 9-15 save percentage. But a lot of times the, the numbers don't tell the, the whole story. Um, you were able to come in and have a lot of success. Tell us a little bit about what that was like coming from the big, uh, you know, Olympic size ice rink to to North American hockey. It's not easy, and a lot of goaltender, a lot of really good goaltenders have struggled with that in the past. But it looks like you were able to, you know, kind of get into it very quickly and have have a great year. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a hot topic for us. Uh, me, me, and Seamus in Buffalo, uh, the goaltender development coach. Seamus and me have been working really closely together here with with uh this stuff like with different angles but also net drives and and rebounds and uh yeah just the all-around pressure against the net uh it's a lot higher in the north american game so well you seem so, to do it uh, yeah no it's not always easy and uh you know you came in and 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 found a way to do that very 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 well very quickly how did yeah. you enjoy your time in dubuque did you did you did you like playing in the ushl yeah i mean it was a great experience for me i think you know living from home in in uh, i'm i'm from gothenburg so i've been really lucky to be able to live at home and uh you know be home with my parents have everything uh fixed for me but uh when i got over to dubuque and living on my own like i had great billet parents that took great care of me but you still were on your own a little more and i think that was a great experience like both off and off on the ice yeah i mean it's always big we talk about it all the time we kind of call it being a pro but it's not just what you do on the ice right it, it's learning to you know schedule your time right time management doing the right things off the ice making sure you eat well and, and train well um it also probably helped uh, your roommate uh he, he he won uh player of the year in the ushl i'm sure that was fun i always liked having roommates but having one that's you know a competitor just like you that you get to go head to head with every day in practice that must have been fun yeah no reese gaber i mean he he was a great guy he he really took care of me when i came to dubuque i mean he was there one year early uh so he kind of knew what was going on and uh on the ice he i mean he was obviously a fantastic player he was a real goal scorer and he still is so it was a great challenge in in practice and you know really fun on the rides home from practice to talk about it and uh yeah oh, it was a great time awesome now you now you do have a development camp under your belt with Buffalo, correct? I do, yeah. Yep, yep. We got we got a picture actually right here. Obviously, uh, you know, nice setup there with the Bowers. I uh, love style. it. Good style, good style on the it. helmet too. Nice paint Go, job. Yep. What are you using now? 
Oh, I'm using uh, the ultrasonic stuff. Uh, it's all different specs. I'm not, I use a, I think it's a 1X glove and then ultrasonic the rest. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm really happy with it. Yeah, so, I, go no, ahead, go, go, no, go ahead, Kali. No, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a gear nerd. I think like uh, we talked about a little bit off the air. It's one of the best parts about being a goalie, right? Getting to this level, being able to design your own your own setup, being able to paint your helmet, right? Like to me, that's a badge of honor. We work so hard to get to this level to have some of those perks. I I mean, what was it like the the first time you got a, a painted helmet? Uh, do you remember that feeling of kind of for me? It was like I finally made it to that level. Yeah, no, I, that was extremely like. Uh, so yeah, I was really fortunate because I got to do it with Dave Art, my first helmet. Um, so I did a Frolunda mask, uh, with Dave Art, which, yeah, I mean, it's a big dream. Like he's, he's awesome. the best in the game. His work uh, is incredible. Uh, that's so cool. Dwayne, Dwayne was talking to you about the development camp. I was lucky enough to go to one and get lit up by a couple of the, the young players. Um, but you know, what was that like for you? That the first taste that the national league, you know, jumping in, I know they do some scrimmages there, but it's, um, you know, how, how have you been, uh, you know, what was that first experience like walking in, putting that Sabres, that blue and gold on for the first time? I mean, it was an amazing experience. You know, it's kind of unreal. Uh, you know, it's it's such a big dream to play in the NHL. And, you know, since since you started playing hockey, like it's, uh, it's a big dream for everyone. And like to put on that jersey and, and actually go out there and play it's uh yeah it's just it's a great experience that's awesome i i grew up uh, i grew up a michigan fan my dad went to well, ohio man. state so me and my brother were big michigan fans just purely out of spite just to root against him i got to go watch a couple games in yost um you know and it's a fantastic rink uh, I know Dwayne was going to ask you a little bit yeah, about that. Before before we get to that, uh, did you uh, get any, any chance to taste any of the Buffalo cuisine while you were here? Did you get any chicken wings, any of the good food we have in Buffalo? I did, yeah. I had some uh, chicken wings and I had some sandwich too. They said it was uh, Beef on whack? Was it beef on whack? Maybe, yeah. Maybe, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it like a salty bun? Was it kind of like a saltier bun? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You have yeah. Be fine. Walk yeah, man. Honest to God, across the entire country, Buffalo will make you a fatter person. That is a guarantee, man. I, I, I will speak from personal experience. Yeah, I, I got a I got a decent dad bod, man. It's it's fantastic. Doesn't help me much in that. Not a men's league anymore, but it's uh the food here is second to none, and that is the absolute truth. Um, but wait, 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 uh, did you blue cheese or ranch? This is a big question I with train wreck sports. I think I went with ranch this time. I'm, oh, oh I'm my god, no! <laughs> I'm sorry you gotta go blue cheese, buddy. Oh, you are the second Sabres prospect to come on the show. We had Aaron Huglin on a few weeks ago, who just signed his commitment to uh, actually uh, Big Ten rival Minnesota. You'll be you'll be seeing him next oh. year. Yeah, uh, you know the you know uh, fourth round pick out of Buffalo. Um, I don't know if you watched the the I think it was the Halinka Gretzky Cup. He was the guy from the player for us who scooped it up lacrosse style on his stick and scored uh, against Canada. Uh, you awesome. know, fourth, yeah, fourth round, fourth round pick of Buffalo. But he said ranch too, man. You, we were really hoping that you could one up him. <laughs> you, you can never say that again. We won't, we won't. I, I, we're goalies. 
So I will not blow you into the public. We will not blow you into the public that you said ranch. But from here on out, you have to be a blue cheese, blue cheese guy. You can never see ranch on wings again. Oh, it's a, it's a, it is a cardinal sin here in Buffalo. They take it very, very seriously. <laughs> so, um, no, with that being said, though, obviously this year in Michigan, you, you played outstanding. You had a phenomenal freshman year. Obviously, you, uh, your, your goalie partner was Strauss Mann, who also had a great year. You guys, I think, believe were ranked two in the nation before you guys had to back out because of COVID, which upset me a lot because, again, I'm a big Michigan guy, and I, I had you guys winning the whole thing. And, um, you know, what was it like, you know, playing – first off, what was it like not having crowds there? Because, obviously, one of the biggest things about college hockey is just that atmosphere that just, it gets your blood pumping, your adrenaline going. Like You're like, holy shit, man, I've never seen anything like this. And I mean, maybe you have obviously over in Sweden, but like this, it's insane. And to not have that, you know, what was it like playing in front of no crowd at all? And what are like, do you think it's going to be a big culture shock for you to see those diehard Michigan Wolverine fans just losing their effing minds? We're going to try and keep this PG 13, but losing their fucking minds here uh, um, next season. Are you looking forward to that? Do you think it's going to affect your game at all? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what all the like older guys are talking about like how how incredible it's it is to play in Yost and like the atmosphere i think it might have been like made it like the transition easier to play without the crowd in the beginning but obviously you you're looking for that excitement and like that extra like it adds something to the game for sure so now i'm really excited for that next year I, I was always um, I was I got a bit of a culture shock when I went to Europe and played in uh, Prague and in Slovakia. You know how they have the drums up there and the chants yeah. like that. That to me is really cool and, and it's that's the closest thing we have like to, to to college hockey, right? Like lots of chants, the fans are in it, and and I always got pumped up. I love those games, especially when you're on the road. I, I can't wait for you to go in and, and shut down uh, Ohio State next year so I can chirp my dad a little bit, but. You know, an awesome, an awesome, you know, bunch of rivalries playing for Michigan. Um, you know, a very storied franchise. Obviously, Red Berenson being there forever. Um, you know, with the new coach now. Um, what's your time been like at Michigan? How, how have you have you enjoyed it? Uh, you guys had a pretty good year. You yourself had a great year. Unbelievable um, year. What's some of your What's some of your favorite things about uh, being a Wolverine? I mean, it's been it's been amazing and. Like considering that we lived like in a COVID bubble there with testing every day and couldn't see anyone, like I still like had probably the best time of my life. It was such a great experience, just you know, being on campus and and hanging around my teammates and and yeah, just the atmosphere, like traveling with the team and everything. It was a fantastic experience, all of it. I have one more question on that note. Um, obviously, we, we touched on how crazy this year was um, in the hockey world, you know, living in the bubble, not even being sure if we were going to get a full season in, and then things kind of ramping up quickly there in, in December. Um, you, you got your first start, uh, again, no pressure against Ohio State in, in January, uh, got the win with 19 saves. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, any nerves there early and were you able to settle in? It looks like you were able to settle in there and, and, and pick up the win against the, the rival. But what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I, I came in in a tough spot there with, with Strauss, like being being really good. And I mean, 
goaltender of the year and captain and all of that. And I really had to battle all fall to, to get my chance. And when I finally got it, I mean, it was exciting, but I knew I had to deliver. Um, yeah. I mean, and, you, anytime you have a strong, strong goalie partner, especially in that case with Strauss being, like you said, a captain and being a successful guy, it, it you know, it, 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 it forces us to elevate our own game. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think we pushed each other. Like it was, uh, it was, we had a good relationship off the ice, but on the ice, it was obviously hard, hard competition. And I think uh, it developed us both. Awesome. Um, wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, being able to, to, you know, compete in world juniors in 2020. Um, you know, you guys had a, a lot of talent on that team. Um, I think Adam Bovquist was on, on your roster, right? And um, yeah. Jacob Olsen, Rasmus Sandin, um, you know, so squad. Being, able, being able to represent your country, the Trake North, what was that like? How cool of an experience was that um, going into there and, and being able to compete against the best of the best for, for you know, country on country for U20? I mean, I think, I think like just, you know, when you were younger and were looking at the world juniors, like you really were looking up to these guys uh, who played in it. And I think like, I couldn't really believe when I got the chance to do it, that like I would be that guy. And it was just such a amazing experience to be there. Like you live in this little bubble and you don't really realize how big it is until you get out of it and see it from the outside and see all the highlights and so on. Yeah, yep. that, that must have been awesome. Um, I, I going into that, you know, being able to represent your country, playing it. Who did you guys play in the semifinals? Do you remember? Uh, I think we we lost against Russia. Um, and they had a great team there. Them yeah. and the U.S. battling it out. So, what mm -hmm. did you? Were you able to get the start? I'm I'm not able to pull it up here. Were you able to play in that bronze medal game? Uh, I wasn't, unfortunately. I. I mean, I came in, it was obviously two great goaltenders, but then I also had some uh, uh, back issues during that season. And Anytime, especially it's such a condensed schedule for the World Juniors, anytime that you have an injury, especially with your back as a goaltender, every rotation we do, everything's kind of coming from that core back area. Uh, I can't imagine going through that, especially, you know, in such a short period of time. Uh, but still, what an experience um, being able to, to capture that that medal and be able to come back home. Um, I know that you guys get a ton of support uh, from your fellow countrymen. So that must that must have been awesome. Um, looking ahead to next year, um, what are you what are you trying to do now that, um, you know, anything planned for, you know, obviously, I think you guys are still going to do a, a rookie development camp right in Buffalo. Yeah, I hope so. I, I honestly haven't heard anything, but I hope so. It's, it's interesting. We're living in unprecedented times with, you know, dealing with the pandemic and it's, it's not an easy path to make it to the NHL in a normal year and throwing this at the prospects has got to be tough. Me and Dwayne, were talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, so for you to be able to battle through that, I'm sure it's only going to make you mentally stronger. Um, but what are your, I wanted to ask you growing up, we've seen so many great Swedish netminders come through the NHL and, and have so much success. Um, who were, who were guys that you looked up to when you were younger or even guys that you maybe try to model your game after, um, anybody that comes to mind? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, 
Hendrik Lundqvist is he went through the same like program as I did, like with Frölunda, their junior program, and then you know, I mean, he's he's just a king. Like he's, uh, yeah, I love it. The guy everyone looks up to. So yeah, he's definitely my biggest inspiration growing up. He's such a stand-up guy too, man. Like it's so it's like. For me, he's like the hockey version of. For me, it's like Tom Hanks. He can do no wrong. Like, and you're not sure. I'm not sure if you remember what Tom Hanks is, but it's like, it's like, pretty much if you read in the news tomorrow that like Tom Hanks or Henrik Lundqvist punched a nun in the face, the first thing yeah. you think of is, well, what did that nun do to Henrik Lundqvist to get like because he's just that good of a guy? Like, you've nothing yeah. bad to say about him. He do, he can literally do no wrong, and like it's just like. Even if you're a, a fan of a rival team, it's like you gotta love Hank. Like you gotta. Yeah. It's just, it's just the way it is, man. He's the king, like you said. I love. I've I've been, you know, fortunate enough in my time growing up watching hockey to watch some unbelievable goaltenders. You know, two out of three in the back there. Sorry, Cully. Uh, you know, with Dominic Kashuk and uh, you know, Ryan Miller. You know, just a couple names. Um, obviously with Hank. It's been such a privilege to watch him play over the years and watch him develop. Him amongst the guys like like Roberto Luongo is another one of my old time favorites. He was always fun to watch. Um, never could get it done, you know, when it mattered in the in the playoffs. But like this guy was just unbelievable to watch. Johnny Quick. Uh, but uh, we actually have another one of your uh, countrymen coming on the show in a week with us. Uh, Jonas Enroth. He'll be coming on with us. Uh, you know, oh. I'm not sure how. Yeah, I'm not sure how familiar you are with him. I know, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you've watched him a little bit growing up, but you know we're a big advocate of the smaller goaltenders who made it, and that's who Yoni was. And Roth was yeah. a guy who was five foot ten, made it in the national, and played very well for Buffalo for a while. Yeah. Uh, I think he went to Dallas after that, and just you know he had a good career, and we're excited to have him on here in, uh, <laughs> in a week. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. I so, I was curious. We've seen. I I mean. We've seen Sweden and Finland really do a great job developing their young goaltenders, and and you look at the percentages now with how many have, have had success in the NHL. Back when, not even twenty, you know, twenty five years ago, it, you had you had, you know had the occasional European goalie, but it was mainly North American, you know, Canadian guys. What is something that you feel that the Sweden does really well with your development um, at a young age, um, and, and how has that helped them produce such elite goaltenders? Sorry, you cut out a little bit. Can no, so you... I'm just asking, what did what has Sweden done so well in 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 regards to how you guys have been able to develop goaltenders? Um, what are some of the training methods you guys use um, that have allowed you guys to really produce some world class goaltenders? Uh, I definitely think like having a lot of goalie coaches and uh, from a young age. I mean, I had a goalie coach from the day I started playing hockey, basically, like. And, and that was pretty different uh, when I came to the USA, like to the USHL and like just how you look at goaltenders. Uh, I feel like here it's more about like the goaltending coach, like coming in and doing a session in 30 minutes and then leaving uh, while in Sweden. Like when I was in Frölunda, they, my goalie coach was on, for 30 minutes before practice and we did stuff and then he was also on with the players uh during our normal practice and like coached me during that uh 
So I think that's a big part of it. A lot of really good goaltending coaches and interested people. That's fascinating yeah. to me, and 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 it really shows um, how that different mindset uh, has has you know worked out in in the favor of the the Swedes and the Finns. Um, and I know that USA Hockey and even Hockey Canada they're starting to to change and copy that style, right? Implementing more goalie coaches at a young age. That's what I do for a living now, um, and, and it's just been fascinating for me because you you look at um you know Swedish goalies and 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 Finland goalies have really kind of helped develop the position, right? Like when we talk about the development and the usage of the RVH for post play and, and how that wasn't really widely used back even 10 years ago when I played, you know, it was just all VH on the post mm -hmm. uh, to see that in the forefront. Um, so do you have a, do you have a, a one goalie coach that you use back home or do you work with multiple guys? Is there somebody that you mainly work with? Uh, I work with two guys. I've been working with a guy, uh, during the summers, that's uh, his name is Mikkel Sandberg. He played in Frölunda, and uh, yeah, he's been really successful as a goalie coach. Developed a lot of good prospects, and then my old um, or my former coach in uh, Frölunda, um, uh, Peter Anderson. Uh, we usually we usually do a couple sessions every summer to you know get some uh, work done. So. Those are that's the major guys. Yeah, that's another thing too. Like as Kali said before, is like you know, goalie coaching for us growing up wasn't like so like accessible. I guess is the word. Like you, you went know, to like, a camp. You went to yeah. A, you went to a camp in the summer. That yeah. was it. Yeah, there was no guy coming like goalie coaches. Yep. There was no guy coming on practice thirty minutes beforehand working with goalies and what like not not like what it is today where you know it's just, you know, it's common just to have a goalie coach on every single staff, no matter what level you're playing at, you know, above maybe like midget or, or Bantam, like you, every, every team has a goalie coach and it wasn't like, I essentially just tried to watch whatever videos I can and tried to like, I was more self-taught than anything. And um, it, 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 it's nice to see how far the position has come, especially over the last decade uh, in terms of like, like you said, like the VH and the RVH wasn't really a thing when we played. Like I remember going to my first goalie coaching clinic with USA hockey and they said RVH. I had no clue what they were talking about. Like what? <laughs> like what's an RVH? Like no clue because I was more, I wasn't, I remember during an interview with Michigan, uh, Eric, you said you're more of a, a hybrid blocking goaltender. Do I have that correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't put myself in that category. But that I was a blocking goaltender, you know. I tried to I tried to just stay in front of pucks. Um, I, I was a butterfly goalie, but you know, I tried to I do whatever I could to be more of a blocking style goaltender. Um, and you know, hearing that you've applied that to your game as more of like a high like a hybrid version of it, and then watching you play throughout the year, it's been a lot of fun to watch because you do see some of that old style in your game. Whereas again, it's it's a lot different. Uh, nowadays compared to what it used to be. But you do see a lot of that old style uh, goaltending your game, and I love to watch it. That's what really turned me on to watching you over the uh, over the last year, especially, is just, you know, seeing, again, I keep saying it, that old style uh, in your in your game. Yeah, I mean, I have some uh, poke checks and, uh, you know, a little bit of that stuff going on, and I think it's important to, like, you know, not to be – too tied up into technique and like just doing the the same stuff every time. I think you have to 
you have to play a little with your just you know get loose and just play the game uh trust your trust your hockey sense a little bit and uh yeah i think that's what it comes from great point i couldn't agree more a lot of things that uh, like you just said i run into it all the time with young goalies is they're so concerned and, and caught up with making sure they're technically right they lose track of that our main job is to stop the puck right they don't ask how we do it they ask how many we stop so yeah. and, and it's so awesome to hear that. It's refreshing. And I'm sure all the young goaltenders, we have a ton that listen to the show, are going to be thrilled to hear that. And it's going to have a great effect on them because it's been, I don't want to say an epidemic in the sense of it, but, you know, we want to be positionally sound, right? Because everything we do comes back to angles. But at the same time, we, we have to be warriors and just able to keep that puck out of the net. And you can be the most positionally sound goalie and technically great, but you also have to have that that battle, right? That ability to make a you know a, slop, a sloppy save, for lack of a better word. And you mentioned the poke check, and, and one thing, and I was uh, really impressed. Poke check guy. Well, and, I, and watching you play, and, and, I, and granted, I've only seen you know um, a couple of Michigan games in highlights, but having an active stick, not only um, with poke checks, but being able to block block passes um, from behind the net, right? I was a big fan. I think I saw a, maybe a fake poke check. Maybe I'm wrong. I I, I love doing that. It, just fake to throw them out. a little bit of a uh, a fake poke check. Um, so it's just it's just great to see all those elements of your game come together. Um, and you're a great skater, right? Able to to track the puck really well. Have you done anything um, to really work on you know head trajectory and your ability to to track the pucks? Sorry, you cut out the last part there. I, I heard asking, if, if, if you've ever, if you've worked on yet, uh, either back home or with Buffalo, like head trajectory and puck tracking. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good, uh, it's interesting that you bring it up because that's like my big topic this summer to really get better at that. I mean, it's something I think every goaltender uh, needs to work on and, uh, a guy that was probably one of the best I've seen is uh, Strauss. Like he was extremely good at tracking pucks, uh, especially off a, of his body, uh, tracking mm -hmm. rebounds. He was great at it. Yeah, I mean, it's a smaller goalie, so he really like his technique was like perfection. Like he was really good. So I really tried to learn from that and learn from from uh, yeah how he tracked the puck and like. Yeah, just uh, overall, like, use his body to optimize. That's a great point. How was that relationship with Strauss? Like, you know, obviously, I mentioned, you mentioned earlier, you came into a difficult situation with him kind of being established himself as a starter. Coming into your freshman year and having the season you did, I got, again, you played seven games, but you had a 1.67 goals against. I mean, in my opinion, I don't care if it's seven games or 17 games, putting up those kind of numbers – that's a standout freshman year. I don't care what anybody oh, yeah. says. That you had a standout freshman year in a very difficult conference in the Big Ten. That those aren't does it doesn't matter who you're playing. Every single game is a challenge. And um, I, I remember you know some games against Notre Dame that you had that were real fun to watch. Some some of your play there. Um, you know what was that relationship with like uh, like with him? I mean, I would say we we started we started off really good. I mean, we had a good relationship from from the first day. Like, he came and picked me up like the first day I was in Ann Arbor and brought me to the dorms and showed me around. And I think uh, from that day, like, we really developed. As I said earlier, like 
a good relationship off the ice, but on the ice, it was always like tough competition. Uh, I mean, it needs to be. And we were two guys who wanted to play. And uh, I knew that I needed to deliver like when I got the chance. So you pushed I, them. It was good. Yeah, we pushed each other. It was really good. And and it's only going to, like, the, the, the more you climb the ladder of professional hockey or, or college hockey, right, like, that's never going to go away. You're always going to have somebody either pushing you or trying to take your job. So I, I think it's really important that you had that relationship because it's not always like that. Like, as goalies, we all know. We've had a goalie partner at some point where we didn't have a great relationship. And their, mother, yeah. their mother fucking you behind your back. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%, 100%. That analogy that, like, you always want your partner to do well, but, like, you want them to win, like, 8-7 right like you want the team to do well but yeah. you, you want to have that opportunity um and 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 i had i had a, a few goalie partners that it was tough we really didn't communicate but then i got to play with jack campbell and he had a great season with the toronto maple leafs i'm sure you're familiar with him eric uh, yeah for sure yeah i played with jack and um he was actually committed to michigan but ended up coming to the to the ohl um, and Jack had every reason to hate me, Eric, because I, I came in, I was supposed to be his backup. He struggled a little bit and I started taking starts away from him, but it was the complete opposite. Jack was the best guy ever, the best goalie partner I've ever had encouraging me, you know, sharing information. Um, we would go compete in practice and I'm sure that you and Strauss had that this year, you know, maybe in like at the end of a practice, like a shootout 10 puck game or, or even any, you know, like small area games where you get to compete against him. And you pushing him and wanting to be better than him and him being better than you. But you guys having that dynamic not only helps the both of you, but helps everybody on the ice with you, right? And and it's 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 fun to see that. And and it's only going to be something you look back on and and be able to have, um, you know, have that is something that, that helped you become successful. Now, have you got to with – with the goalies in Buffalo – uh, with UPL, have you gotten uh, to spend time with him or any of the other draft pick goaltenders, anybody in the system? Um, I haven't. I, I talked to Jonas before because uh, he was my roommate at uh, the development camp. So we have actually been in, in touch a couple times and uh, see each other on the airports and stuff. So, yeah, no, he's been he's been really good. Uh, and it's I'm really happy that he's doing great in uh, in Colorado. Like he's a great yeah. guy. Um, I haven't uh, talked to Uko at all because he was hurt. I think when we were there, and right. since then I haven't been a lot in Buffalo because of COVID. So uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure it'll be fun to once you get there and, and able to form relationships, right? Like you guys are going to be able to push each other and. Um, I mean, the, the future is bright in that for Absolutely. the Buffalo Sabres, and we haven't been able to say that, Dwayne, in so long. Oh, it, it, it's wild. There's a number, too, because, you know, between Dominic Hasek, again, I'm not sure how familiar with the history of the Dominator back behind me is, but between Hasek and Ryan Miller, the two kind of like the last, you know, to go from Hasek to Miller was, you know, we're humble for that. But I think there was only four goalies to start for Buffalo in between Hasek and Miller. I think between – Miller and to now it's like over 20, you know, yeah. since Miller was traded and, you know, we're still searching for that guy. And like I said earlier, you know, I know there's a lot of hype around UPL and he's a good goaltender. He's a great one, but you know, I'm looking at the guy right here that I think is going to, you know, you know, put this franchise back on the map. And I, I don't mean to put you on any type of pedal. No pressure, eh? no pressure kid, but like I, I want a Portillo Jersey. I want it on my wall and I want it signed because I'm oh, calling yeah. it. 
I've been calling it for the. I've for been sure. calling it. I've been calling it since your standout year in the USHL with Dubu, uh, Dubuque. I've been calling it. He said this kid is the future of this franchise, and I like two goalies, one Mike, right, Cully? Absolutely, you know, buddy. When he retires, it'll be three goalies, one Mike. He'll hop on, be the next co-host. <laughs> I love to see it. I love to see it. But uh, no, it, again, um, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun here with you, uh, Eric. But um, what what other than obviously, what kind of communicate? What was first off? What was draft? draft night like for you when uh when you got the phone call from buffalo what did you have conversations um i think at the time it was with 2019 correct cully yeah 2019 it would have been jason botterell did you have any conversations with uh buffalo beforehand did you have an idea that they might be taking you um were you excited well, obviously i'm assuming you were excited i hope you're excited when buffalo gave you the call um so i was lucky enough to come over to their um to buffalo's uh, like combine, combine uh, yep. i think it was like a week before um the actual draft so then i kind of got to meet all the all the staff and and everyone there uh which was a great experience uh so from that experience i kind of knew i mean i was on their radar but I, I wasn't sure, if, like, I was really nervous, and it, it was a big day. So, yeah, I, I mean, I was uh, thrilled when I when I saw my name there. That's yeah, awesome. It's, it's a whirlwind process. Like, you mentioned that, that Buffalo uh, had their combine, and I don't I don't want to share this with the fans. We talked off air about it. Um, we're all aware of, of the NHL. Tell them your sock story. Tell them your sock story. Just tell them. Oh, okay. Tell so your sock story. you know how um I whenever you know how like NHL central scouting the guys that make the draft list and do all that stuff you know when they yep. come to measure you uh yeah so that when my rookie year in the OHL when they came to measure me because I'm only five ten and a half I wanted to be labeled as six foot so I put on like nine pairs of socks and I walked <laughs> in to measure me so I'm next in line and I get up there and they're like okay uh hop, hop on uh up on the to get measured and i'm like okay they're like take your socks off so i'm sitting there eric with nine pairs of socks and in front of these nhl guys and i don't want to take off nine pairs right in front of them so i just said oh i gotta go to the bathroom and i ran out of there they're probably like what the hell is wrong with this guy um so long story short i i didn't i wasn't able to get those extra two inches i was i had that label as being a five uh ten and a half goaltender but you know, I battled through it. A couple two pad stacks, too many, maybe for my likings. Uh, two pad jammers. But I'll always love the jammers. Um, love the jammers. No, um, that's great. No, but I wanted to bring it up. So a lot of fans um, don't maybe know, don't realize this, and I know I had no idea even leading up into this that each team actually does their own combines, and it's not just one. They'll have different groups of players in. Like when I went to my combine, it was. Uh, a week before the draft, I was there with Mark Shifley from the Winnipeg Jets. They had him in. Um, they had Adam Clendenning. Uh, and they had Sven Barchi. And it was a really cool group, right, just being with them. I was the only goalie out there for that. Um, but, you know, just take us through that. What was the combine like? Was it just you as the goaltender and they just run through drills, right? That, that's what mine was like. It was like uh, almost like a skill session, right, with a lot of testing in there. So we did uh, we did a goalie session. And... Um some strength tests and then they had like an interview thing and you know we had to i mean obviously eat so we ate with like uh some i think i had a dinner or a meal with jason botterill like just sitting with him uh eating and you know getting to to know each other or them getting to know you so uh yeah 
That's really cool. And that's maybe, maybe people not that haven't gone through that. That's a huge part of it, right? Like they, they do their due diligence watching you play on the ice, but I, I think it's fascinating. Like I had to take one of those wonder lick tests, like a written test. I don't know if they still, do they still do that test? Uh, yeah, they do a bunch of different tests. Uh, it's just an interesting process, right? Like going through that, you, you dream of, you know, hearing your name called, but I don't, I don't think we necessarily realize all of the stuff that goes into it and just how important the off the ice stuff is, right? Just seeing what the fits like and it's, it's nerve wracking, right? You dream of this your whole life and, and then you're there and you're, you're kind of nervous, but you're also confident in yourself. It's, it's a tremendous experience. Uh, I was ever able, never able to hear my name called, uh, but you were, and, and that's just a testament to the hard work that you've done um, and, and all the sacrifices you've made to get to this point. Uh, and, and so early on in your career, we know bright, bright things are, are, are coming um, and, and everything that, that, that you've put into to your game. Uh, one thing being some phenomenal gear wear. I'm just oh, looking yeah, at your, your Michigan setup right now. The Bauer graphic with it almost looks like the Wolverine coming through this, the side. That yeah. really pops with the, the white on the outline of that. And then the helmet, phenomenal. I've seen a lot of different reiterations. Um, see if I can pull it up. Goalies that uh, have the um, – um, that try to match the, the Wolverines. And I think you did a great job, not just with that, but I think it's the, what is it, like claw marks coming through the side? How would you describe that? Yeah, it's like kind of claw marks. It's uh, it's inspired from the pads. Uh, that's actually Dave Art. He came up with that idea, kind of. Uh, so, yeah, no, I mean, he's amazing to work with. That's awesome. I, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. Uh, we take a lot of pride as goalies into our gear, right? And uh, phenomenal looking setup. I love so I switched to Bauer my last year, Eric, because I was wearing um, Reebok CCM before that and, and Vaughn a little bit. But when I made the switch to Bauer, Todd Brown was my rep. Is is Brownie still the goalie guy for Bauer? Uh, no, I have Tim Boron is his name right now. I just remember my experience with Bauer was awesome. Their their ability, they yeah. brought me in in front. They had all the the sets of gear. Uh, they they made for different pro guys with different specs, and they yeah. were really willing to go above and beyond, even for a guy like me, like a, an undrafted guy, uh, to really to really get it right, to get the pad to feel right. Uh, did you have that same experience with the Bauer guys? Yeah, Bauer's been awesome. Like to me, I, I've been in Bauer since, I mean, the day I started playing hockey. I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was just a dream. Like the first time I got to, to get the best pads and like, uh, spec them out exactly like I wanted to. So, and I mean, yeah, they've been, they've been really good at helping me out, uh, with whatever I wanted to. Yeah. So, that, that is a sexy setup. Oh, oh my God. And Dwayne, did you get the picture I sent with you with Lundquist? So we'll, well, we'll yeah, yeah. Up soon here, uh, Eric, I just have a couple quick questions. So we got the picture here uh, I found of, of you on the ice with the King, and we talked earlier about it. What a cool role model to have. S must have been an unreal experience to be able to be on the ice um, with, with your idol, right, with one of your heroes. Um, take us through what that was like quickly. Uh, that was a fantastic experience. I mean, uh, it was actually unreal. We Just seeing him practice and how hard he works uh, still at that age, like that was just like – it was uh, – it was inspiring and like a wake up call that like how hard you have to work to be the best. Uh, Cause I think in my opinion, like he's, he's one of the best, if not the best. So um, I mean, 
just seeing how hard he works and and just looking over the ice and and seeing him like in his gear and something you only been watching in videos and highlight tapes like your whole life that was just an awesome experience one of those things where you have to you know pinch yourself or, or spray some water on your face to make sure this isn't a dream right yeah, like right? yeah seriously so cool his attention to detail his ability to play deeper in his net it's just yeah. a testament to his ability to read the play. I think when you're talking about goalie's ability to read the play, obviously Hatchik and Brodeur are up there. But I think for me, Lundqvist is at the top of the list. You're only able to play that deep with two things. You have to have unbelievable hand-eye coordination and, and head trajectory, right? And yeah. you have to be able to pick up sticks and, and read plays as they're entering the zone and continuing the shoulder check. One of the best ever, if not the best ever, um, and, and, you know, hopefully, you know, a couple clicks for him and, and his, and his rehab. I know he dealt with some injuries here and hopefully he can get back uh, with Washington next year and have some success. Yeah. Um, I, I got really go to really push him to win a cup, man. I really, I was, yeah. oh, I have, I have uh, one last question. Um, before I go, Dwayne, did you want to go get one out before I leave? Uh, no, you go right ahead and answer, answer your, ask your question and I'll wrap it up. So I, I, for me, it's, it's, what are, uh, what are some of your goals, you know, this summer, anything in particular that you, you know, you're trying to get better at, whether it's, you know, improving your post play or, um, you know, certain situations. And, um, that's the first part. I'll let you answer that first. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, like, um, the puck tracking. Yeah. The, the head trajectory and like really following the puck with my eyes uh like making sure like my shin and everything like moves first um i think that's uh that's a big point uh this summer and then also like i've been working a lot with like really uh want to build a good game plan and like a really strong foundation for myself um that i can really like believe in and trust in um I think that's important. Like we talked about it, um, like, you know, with the poke checks and everything, like you need that part. But I also think like to be consistent, you have to have a great game. That's a great answer. I know he got cut yeah. off, but what, a, what an awesome answer. Yep. Um, let me know when you're back here, bud. Sorry, did I cut out? No, you, you got most of it out. You got most of it out. You got it's most great, of it out. It's a great answer. Um, and, and we talk about the, you, that cliche of being a pro, and you nailed it, and, and you hit it on the head. My last question here before I got to dip out to practice, um, and, and it's kind of redundant. You've talked about it a bit. But if, if, you know, if you're talking to the Sabres fan in, in, as a whole, you know, what, are they, what should they look forward about Eric Portillo? What? Uh, you're stealing you my thunder here, Colin. You're stealing my thunder. <laughs> How would you describe your game, and, and what can what what can they look forward to? What makes Eric Portillo great? I think what makes me good, or what have uh, like taken me to where I am, is is my ability com to compete. Like I think uh, I'll do whatever it takes to win, and I'll, you know, uh, I think. Yeah, just my compete and yeah, I, I really want to win. Like that's my number one goal every time I go out there. It doesn't matter like the score or if if I have a shutout or that's like that's secondary things to me. Uh to win, I think that's my, my biggest strength and what I always want to do. And that's, that's, a, that's I, a big I, I deal. 
that is a big deal with this fan base because win or lose, if you show us that you care and this means something to you and wearing that sweater means yeah. as much to you as it, mean, as it means to us, you know, we go out and spend our money to buy it. Like this fan base, win or lose, we will follow you. We will we, we will fight for you in a dark alley. You know, all the cliche <laughs> sayings. We will have your back no matter what, and that's just the way we are in Buffalo, man. We're a small we're a small market, but we're a hockey we're a hockey city. You know, I know I know there's been a lot, uh, you know, a lot of success here with the Bills, uh, the Buffalo Bills, in the, with the NFL. But like, you know, we are a hockey city too, man, and we really do love this team, and we do care about our players, and we just want them also to care care as much as we do and it that's again for a year now over a year now i've i've looked at you as that type of a competitor and that type of a guy i you know i i i am friends with steve shields your coach over there yeah. in michigan uh you know he's a great guy unbelievable guy um yeah. you know you know and we've had him on a couple times and we had him on to talk about you and that was one of the things he brought up is like he's an unbelievable competitor and he will never not stop trying to get to the next level, and that's what you're getting out of him, and he is going to be a perfect fit here in Buffalo. And that's why I'm so confident in you being the next guy, the ne you know, the next jersey we all buy. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I know I know, Cully kind of stole my thunder there a little bit with that question, but, you know, you wear hey, the Lane, Before you ask your question, I got to go. Um, Eric, thank you again for your time. Time to go teach the next generation of American goalies here. I awesome. uh, really appreciate it, man. I'll be rooting for you. Can't yep. wait to have you back on. Go Blue! But uh, what 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 brought you to wear the number one? You know, uh, it's not a goal. It's not a number that's used that often anymore. Um, you know, was it a situation where the, your number was taken by uh, Strauss Mann, or you know, I know Jonas wore it while here in Buffalo. Is that is there a reason why you wear the number one? Or um, I think I think I you know uh, as I said before, like I I, I really like Lundqvist, so. When I was younger, I wore like 30 and then I just, 30 wasn't really a choice anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. So I went to 31 and then when I came to Frolunda, I didn't really have a choice, like coming into the academy there. So then I got number one and yeah, I've just stuck with it since then. That's a good, that's a great answer because it's you know you're kind of paving your own path. Obviously, like I wore 39 growing up. Hashik's the reason I started playing. He was my inspiration to even play the position, and you know I wore his number growing up. But yeah, you're you're paving your own path with that number, and you know you're again it's it's uh it's going to be a hot jersey when you come to Buffalo. I can guarantee that. I'm excited to see you play. Um, you know I hope to get up to Yost with Cully and a couple of guys from Trainwreck. Uh, my last question, though, is obviously you guys had a phenomenal team here this past season uh, with Power, uh, Beneers, and Johnson, three guys who were probably going to take in the top 10 to 15 picks in this next draft. You yeah. know, what was it like competing against players of that caliber? I mean, our team was stacked, and, and next year as well, like, I think, uh, you know, every day in practice you, you really have a – it's a it's a game type scenario where, like, you play against some of the best guys. Uh, yeah, in the nation. Yeah, in the nation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's a great challenge, you know, playing with Owen in front of you or having Kent taking penalty shots against you. Like, all of that stuff is just uh, it's just a great experience, and I think uh, it really develops you. I mean, yep. I feel like you take you take 
big steps when you practice against those guys and it really helps you like being pushed so it's also I, I know maddie got hurt uh over there in worlds but owen also had himself a tournament uh, obviously they won uh they won the whole thing but yeah. uh he's a he's a man child i mean i can't remember you know a guy going first overall because he's a projected to go first overall and obviously you know buffalo won the draft lottery so there's a good chance owen or veneers are going to be buffalo sabers come draft night yeah. and um you know, seeing a guy the size, I mean, I, I love, I love Veneers two, two way game, but if I, if I had to guess, I think, oh, I think Owen's probably going to go first overall. He's an absolute man child. He's two, six foot five, 220 pounds. Right? There's one thing you can't teach and it, it's size. Can yeah. you give us some insight on his game? You know, like what could, if, if, if Buffalo were to pick either Maddie Veneers or Owen Power, what would we be getting, you know, from a goalie's perspective? Because only you, only you guys can tell it the honestly the way it can be told because they're the ones shooting on you. So what what is what would Buffalo be getting out of either of those two players? I mean, from Owen, I think just his his poise with the puck. Like, I, I you don't see him make mistakes. He's he's so like he's so sharp. He's so smart. Uh, he he makes hockey look easy. I think that's uh, a big part of like his game. Like. He makes it look so easy because uh, he's just so big. So with his reach and with his skating ability and his smartness, it, it just doesn't look hard at all for him uh, when both playing D but also like in the offensive zone. Uh, and with Maddie, I think just his his speed skill. Um, I think he he also he, he really doesn't stop skating. He's he's working so hard on the ice, so he always works himself into into good spots um, and good opportunities. I think that's a big part of his game. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how you guys shake out. Uh, I'm assuming I'm not, I'm not saying that Owen or Maddie can't be the type of guys that make the jump into the NHL next year. But, you know, I mean, there's a chance also they could be returning to Michigan next year. And I am excited to see what you guys have in store because I think, you know, you guys were my front runner for the, you know, for the net, for a national championship this season. I really want to see you guys take a run at it because we have a friend of the program, Anthony Day, uh, uh, years ago who won it with uh, Yale. And he told us about the experience about winning a, na a national uh, title. And he goes, it's a surreal experience and it's probably – going to go down unless you win a cup like the best you know accomplishment of your entire career because it's so hard to win it's so yeah. hard to get there to begin with and you know i i appreciate the insight you get you gave us on both those kids um before we let you go uh going back on steve shields again what's the one thing you took from him a former pro obviously uh have you, have you seen any of his highlights from when he played in buffalo did you ever see the infamous guard snow fight yeah absolutely <laughs> Oh man, we love talking about that because Gar Snow was a he a goalie heavyweight man. Like he got yeah. into a lot of fights, and it it takes a big set of balls to skate down towards Gar Snow and challenge that man to drop the glove. <laughs> the guy could fight for a goalie, and uh, he, he's fought Matt Barnaby here before in Buffalo. He's fought he's fought plenty of he's fought plenty over his career. But obviously, Stevie, uh, you know, he he had a good career in Buffalo, um, specifically in 96, 97. You know, when Hashik went down with a groin, I think it was a knee, actually knee injury, he helped secure that first round victory, uh, made himself a career. And then, you know, he went to San Jose and had a good career there. Like, you know, what what have you taken from Steve as a coach? You know, what has he shown? What has he taught you? 
what's the one thing that you know you take the most you've implemented the most into your game and has helped you progress over this past season i mean in general like he's been helping me with so much stuff like but i think the biggest thing i take away uh, is probably like he told me like to really make it my job like to really play hockey to play play hockey professionally you have to make the same stuff over and over and really like yeah you have to be really good at doing the same stuff over and over again and and just be really good at it uh to to be able to make it your job is really hard and you know i can play uh, with my hockey sense, but I need to be able to have a strong foundation and a game plan, as I talked about, like to be able to take that next step to the pro level where, yeah, I can be like continuously good, like every night. Because uh, it's, I mean, in the NHL where I want to get to, there's 82 games and it's really tough to be good every game. Uh, so that's why you have to have such a good foundation to stand on. Especially with with him back when he played, like I said, he was he played behind uh, behind Dominic Kashuk uh, yeah. here in Buffalo. So obviously, you know, here in Buffalo, we're we're all in agreement. He, he is the best to ever play the game, and yes. um, you know, there's not much many there isn't really any goalies from that era who has more individual hardware than Dom. But obviously, like you mentioned earlier, having to compete with your counterpart, bringing that compete, and he even said like Dom's com- competitive level in every single practice was second to none. So having to you try and keep to that level, you have to put the work in every single day, you know, and like you said, make it your job. And I think, yeah. uh, you know, uh, it, 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 like, you know, you have to have the passion for it. You have to have the drive for it. And, you know, I completely agree with Steve, what Steve says there because he wouldn't have played ahead as long of a career as he did um, had he not done just that because it was a lot different for goalies back then. The equipment was smaller. I mean, yeah. Maybe the shooters weren't as good, but the you're still he was in that time he was still going up against guys like Gretzky and Yager and you know some of the best that the game has ever given us. And uh, the equipment wasn't what it like is today. Uh, I, I I know I played with a lot of that equipment. It was a lot heavier. Let me tell you, my setup in high school, both of like both of my pads together, their weight was like I'm trying to explain. Oh yeah, bo- both of my pads now I I, I have a warrior setup. Yeah. If you if you if you're to put the weight of those pads together, wouldn't have even equaled the weight of one of my pads back in the day. That's how heavy I used uh, the Louisville TPS and oh yeah, it, oh dude, it was so much heavier. Uh, you know, I actually still have <laughs> my mask uh, back here. I was a big Curtis Joseph fan. Yeah. And uh, this is my mask growing up, and there that goes. That fell. Uh, but this was my mask uh, growing up, the old Cujo setup. Uh, Sick, you know, yeah. there's lots of dents in this, um, a lot of marks. But uh, if you see right in there, that dent, that actually happened the first week I got it. Guy <laughs> just absolutely sends a cannon from the top of the faceoff circle. Hardest, you know, biggest defenseman on the team, six foot four, two hundred something pounds, and just unloads a cannon on me, hits me square in the head. Sends my head straight back. I show my dad that helmet that he just dropped three hundred dollars on. I yeah. show him that's like he's like, "Are you, are you kidding me? Like, what's kidding me? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go ring him." I'm like, "No, dad, I want this because that's like for me that was like, you know, a, a, a coronation into that level of hockey. It's like I love that 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 thing is there. 
granted, like my ears are ringing when it happened, but it was awesome. And uh, but the equipment was so much different back then, man. The gloves, however, the gloves were so much bigger, which was a big advantage for us back then. Like if I were to show you my high school glove, it was like twice the size of what you guys are using today. It was awesome. It took away a lot of that glove side. But uh, again, Eric, I appreciate you coming on with us, man. I know we kept you a little bit longer than we said. Uh, no problem. But man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, again, I said it before and I'll say it again. I'll say a hundred times over. I, I, I am so excited for what your career, uh, you know, what your career, uh, your, the promise of it and, you know, what's to come uh, this next season for you at Michigan. I really think you're going to take what you started, what you started in those games that you did start. Uh, you know, like I said before, a 1.67 goals against, that's nothing to, nothing to, you know, you know, cough at or whatever the saying is. I'm not good with those cliches, but it's, uh, it, it's going to be fun to see, you know, you pick up where you left off as a full-time starter here at Michigan next year and really show, you know, the nation that Eric Portillo is the real deal. And he's the future franchise goaltender of the Buffalo Sabres. Thank you so much for the kind words. I mean, no, uh, no. I know I keep pumping your tires, buddy. But I'm honestly, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tee myself up for a Portillo jersey. Maybe if I get yeah, yeah, yeah. Michigan, maybe get myself a Wolverines jersey to hang up on this wall over here. I'd love, I'd love it. I'd love it. Sure. But uh, you know, again, we've talked about coming down to Yost. I hope if we do, man, you'll, uh, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get, a, you'll get a, maybe some. Uh, I know you're not of age, but maybe get a soda pop or two with us, and uh, we could have a good, a good night. Maybe even around draft night, we'll see. But uh, this has been episode 64 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne Four Cully. This is Eric Freaking Portillo, future goaltender of the Buffalo Sabers, uh, signing off. You guys have a great week. Let's go to the Blue Hotel I wanna live at the Blue Hotel The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares It's for the open-minded The pleasure seeker it's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.